You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. People are always blaming their circumstances for what they are. I don't believe in circumstances. The people who get on in this world are the people who get up and look for the circumstances they want, and if they can't find them, make them. Those words were written by one of the greatest playwrights of the 20th century, George Bernard Shaw, in his play, Mrs. Warren's Profession. Hello, storytellers, and welcome to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. I'm your host, Louis DiBianco. I've discovered that leaders are readers. And as a listener to this show, you have access as a free gift to any audiobook of your choice, choosing from more than 180,000 titles from our sponsor, Audible. Just go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power, choose the book that you want, Download it for free, enjoy it, and keep it forever. Also, you will get a one-month free trial of all of Audible's service. I'm excited to announce that I have created brand new content for you. It is an additional episode, a short one, about five to ten minutes long, and it will appear at least once a week. I call these episodes One Word Stories. Each episode will focus on a word, a common word that we all use, but it may be charged with meanings that are affecting our lives in ways that we can't even imagine. Enjoy these episodes as mini shots of empowerment. Remember to keep your dialogue with the show alive. It enriches everyone. Send your responses, your comments, your requests to loseclub at gmail.com. That's L-O-U-S-C-L-U-B at gmail.com. Today's guest is not Mrs. Warren. But it is a woman who created her own enriching circumstances when she did not like the ones she was living in. She was a single mom at age 16, living in subsidized housing with her daughter in subsidized daycare. Today, she is a multimillionaire real estate entrepreneur and coach. Together with her real estate team, she has purchased $47 million in real estate with OPM. What does that mean? Other people's money. Get ready to wake up and be empowered by Edna Keep. Edna, welcome to Change Your Story, Change Your Life. Thank you so much, Louis. I'm so happy to be here. 
Let's have some fun. I know where you are. You're in White City, Saskatchewan, where I'm glad not to be because it's so <laughs> because it's so cold there. Were, were it you, is cold here right now. <laughs> were you born there, Edna? I was born in Saskatchewan, not in White City, but in northern Saskatchewan. Ah. Where I think it's even colder. <laughs> yeah, it probably is. You see, I, I was born in New York City where it's warmer. <laughs> yeah. Edna, who influenced you the most when you were a child? Uh, probably my biggest influence was my brother, just older than me. He was two years older than me. And uh, both, both positively and a little bit negatively. And I'll explain that. You know, he was one of those guys we all love. To this day, he's all our favorite brother. And there's, I have six brothers and one sister. And in our family, he's, he's still our favorite. He organizes the family events. He keeps the family talking to each other all the time. And, and we, we all get along great, but he's still the instigator for everything. He's a teacher who's done really well for himself. He's your typical millionaire next door. You'd never know it. Uh, he's always, uh, bought and, bought and sold homes and, uh, fixed and flipped homes, stuff like that on the side besides being a teacher that has won awards for his his caring attitude with the kids. So being brought up um, under a brother like that, uh, everybody expected that I was going to be like him. And I wasn't. So I got a lot of hassle through my life. Oh my gosh, and if you just try a little harder, you could be just like your brother. But you know what? I wasn't him. So much as I loved him and wished I could be like him, it, it just wasn't there. Gee, all you had to say to them was, don't you notice that I wear dresses and he doesn't? <laughs> I probably didn't wear dresses. I was a, I was a tomboy. <laughs> ah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Great story. Now, Thank you. Did, did you have a childhood dream of what you wanted to be when you grew up? You know what? Not not a huge one. Uh, I loved uh, babies. I I wanted to be a mom. That was my biggest goal in life. You know, get married, have kids, and uh, I I never thought I'd have eight kids like my mom. But that that's that was what I I that's all I seen really. I never seen any ambition in anybody around me where they went on and and uh, you know had a real profession or a real career or business. So uh, yeah, that was my big goal. Well, you achieved it. You were a single mom <laughs> when you were 16 years of age. You want to talk about that? <laughs> well, you know what? That was that was a catalyst for big change for me because uh, after I had one and, and being single, you know what? It was so tough. Uh, it, it just wasn't easy. And my parents were great supporters. They were so, so good uh, helping me look after, after her and stuff. But um, it was still a big change for me. And then that's when I realized that, you know what? Uh, that dream, no, no, I wasn't going to have any more kids. It was just like one was enough. Well, you know what? I shouldn't say I wasn't going to have. I did want more, but it just never, ever by myself. That, it was very difficult. So you have one child, yes? No, you know what? Now I have three. So at ah. four years old, I'm 36 years old, I met my husband. And uh, I told him when we first started dating that uh, that part of my life was over. I wasn't having any more kids. So if that was something up his alley, uh, he better find somebody else. No, no, that's no, I'm more uh, about the relationship than kids. Well, a couple years into our relationship, that changed. <laughs> And, you know, it, it was a struggle because I I wasn't 
I just was so scared of going through it again by myself that I we actually broke up about it and then uh, couldn't stay away from each other. Um, so I actually ended up going to counseling and the counselor said, well, you know what, everything's so different nowadays, Edna, you're financially set, uh, you'd have a partner, he sounds like a great, he'd be a great dad. And I said, you know what, he would. Uh, so I took a chance and, and we actually have two girls, uh, 16 and 14. Wow. And so what was and how old is your first child? She right now she's forty-three. Wow. Wow. The big difference, big difference between the age, but they're all very close. They love each other very much, see each other all the time. She's actually my oldest daughter is the property manager for all our buildings. Mm. Uh, lo, all our all our local buildings because uh they're not all local, but yeah, she lives right close to us and manages all our properties. I mean, that's really smart. Have kids and then put them into the empire. I mean, nothing, you know, <laughs> that's what a good, smart king and queen would do. <laughs> oh, you know what? And, and we're, we're trying to do the same with our youngest. But at this point, they're not interested. They want to be dancers and, and models. And, uh, you know, one's maybe thinking maybe a vet or a motivational speaker, you know, but none of, they don't want anything to do with real estate. They think mm -hmm. that's boring. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I understand the mindset. I, I do. I myself come from an art, an artistic background. I'm, I'm an actor. I still am. Uh -huh. And, and I get that, that the, the, the artist in me, even though I do things as an entrepreneur, the artist in me always rebels, always rebels against it. So it's quite interesting. Now, what were the major obstacles that you had to overcome? to achieve the success that you have today because i mean when look there are people in subsidized housing mm -hmm. who will grow old in subsidized housing and they'll just be bitter and say these are my circumstances but you didn't accept that so can you talk a bit about the things that helped you to see yourself differently to change your story you know what? Absolutely. I, um, I, I, I never, we, our family was never on any kind of social assistance at all. So subsidized daycare was, and, and housing was the closest that, uh, anybody in the family ever came to. So I, I, I just knew I would never stay there. That part wasn't the issue. But what I kept getting told as I got a job right out of high school at a clinic and I didn't have anything other than my grade 12 and no, no further education and couldn't really afford or want to do anymore. I was just a C student. And, um, I, I got kept getting told, and you have to learn to live within your means. I had some credit card debt. I mean, when I look now, it was like 2000 bucks. But when you're making $1,200 a month, $2,000 on a credit card is a lot. So I was always paying this, you know, high interest credit card, getting that hassle from my family. You got to learn to live within your means. And you know what? I decided I did not need to learn to live within my means. I needed to learn how to make more money. If I had to learn something, I was going to choose what it was going to be. So I started studying people uh, who were wealthy. And and then, then I just started moving up. You know, I thought, I'm not staying here. I'm not staying in this clinic any longer. I'm bored to tears. Uh, I, I don't want this to be my life. I was, I was crying at work thinking, oh, my God, I'm so bored. What can I do? So I started taking correspondence courses, secretarial, bookkeeping, got a different job as a office administrator, uh, started taking administration classes. Uh, while I was uh, at that job, um, I studied to become a financial advisor. And that was my first big aha, okay, my 
first year full-time as a financial advisor, I made $67,000. My second year, I made $187,000. And I knew I would never go backwards. And I never have. Well, I don't know if you're familiar with the name Alex Mendocian. You know? Yes. Yeah, okay. I've, I've heard the name. Yeah. I've studied with him. He's brilliant. And he has an expression. When you're in one of his courses and there's a big aha moment, he'll say, has anyone had a backpack moment? Which means at that point, you could raise your hand and say, that was my backpack moment. You could put your backpack on, leave the course, and you've gotten your money's worth. Well, you just delivered a backpack moment. I hope the storytellers are listening carefully. I hope you all have your backpacks on because... <laughs> What was significant about what you said? You could have chosen to find a way to budget, to live within your means, but you chose a different story. No, I'm not. I'm going to learn how to make more money. And that is huge. That is absolutely huge. I myself refuse to think about budgeting. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm irresponsible with money, but... That isn't the way to go because it'll get you to focus on what you don't have and on what you don't want. But as opposed to saying, okay, if money is creating an issue in my life, then the way to deal with that is to just attract more money. And that change, that shift in story for anybody can completely change their lives. Yeah. And you know what? To this day, when I see those books out there that that talk about uh, oh, living on a shoestring and learning how to budget or classes about that kind of stuff, there is no way I would never buy a book like that. <laughs> so you made a great decision. Now, were there times when you didn't believe that you would succeed? Yes. What was that all about? You know, I I was very negative uh, when I was young. I, I had a lot of negative self-talk, and uh, I knew that was an issue. So I bought a book called, uh, What Do You Say When You Talk to Yourself? And my worst time was first thing in the morning, and I'd wake up, and, you know, I'd said something wrong the day before. I was guilty about that. I was guilty a lot about being a single mom and not providing uh, properly for my daughter, and uh, to even attention and everything. And... Uh, I, you know, I'd wake up in the morning, I'd put that book by my uh, bathroom sink as I got ready in the morning, and I would say those affirmations over and over again. And that was that was a shift for me, because I, I just, for about a year, I read that book to myself uh, every day, and, and I put sticky notes all over my house. My my daughter was a, was a teenager by that time, and um, a lot of her friends still comment about that coming over to my house and seeing these sticky notes on my uh, uh, sticky note affirmations all over my mirror and stuff. And uh, some people thought that was ridiculous, but I thought, you know what? I, it, lots of successful people do it. I got to try it. And, and, and so that was a big change, learning how to talk to myself um, because you know, we're, we're always so nice to other people, right? Oh, you're a great guy, Lewis. You do this. You're awesome at that. And then we stand in front of our own mirror and go, oh, you're an idiot. You didn't do that right. You didn't do this right. We have to be our own biggest fan. We have to. Edna, I'm going to share with you what my Facebook post was this morning. Sure. 
It was a question. If your friends spoke to you the way you speak to yourself, would you keep them as friends? We wouldn't, would we? A lot of us wouldn't. That's no. right. And so, hello, storytellers. We just had another backpack moment. The backpack moment for me is when you said you'd wake up in the morning and a lot of guilt would be there. Now, that is a phenomenon that everyone should pay attention to because you're not on guard when you're asleep. And so the old patterns, the old self-talk, the old stories will become very loud. You wake up in the morning and if you're feeling that way, you can either accept it as, well, that's my world, that's my reality, or you can say, no, 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 it's a story and I will take steps to change it. So thanks for sharing that. You're welcome. So it's interesting how you had that post on this morning. I and honestly, I didn't see it. <laughs> well, you know, um, there are no accidents. Really. Yeah. And you kind of answered this already. And if there's anything more you want to add to it, I was going to ask, how did you nurture your belief? Now, one of the things you did was actively write out affirmations and keep them in view. Yes. Yeah. And I still do that to this day because I have goals all the time and I write out affirmations and I always figure, you know what, I may not be able to do every single step in the goal that I have today, but I can affirm it. Not only that, even if you don't reach it, but you're putting it in front of you, you will get closer to it than if you didn't do that. I agree. Totally you know? agree. Yeah. So it's a win-win. Mm -hmm. Now, do you remember what your darkest moment was? Uh, my darkest? I've had a few, but you know what? Uh, I think the, the longest period of time for me was when I worked at a doctor's office out of high school. So when I started there, you know, I was pretty excited. I got an office job, uh, Monday to Friday. A lot of my friends were waitressing and stuff like that. Uh, that was right out of high school. I was 18. Um, I'd been away to the big city and working as a waitress and it just wasn't conducive to my family life. So my parents actually found me the job. My mom did. She said, here, apply for this job. I applied for it. They said to me, you know what? If you got the work ethic of your parents, because they knew my parents, you'll do well. So I started there. I loved it. I, I was challenged. I loved, I'm a social person. So I loved walking the patients in and getting to know them. And I love working with the doctors and, and the doctor I worked for loved me. He, he used, if I missed a day for whatever reason, he'd be walking around. Oh, where's that now? Where's that now? Where's that now? You know, <laughs> so they, they love me. So I, I, I felt really good about what I did, but, after I actually worked there for eight years as a receptionist and I got bored and I, I actually went into a depression and I was, uh, I was on antidepressants for, well, I, a full year solid at one point because I just was crying and crying and crying. And, and I look back now and I realize it was because I didn't like the life. I built, uh, you know, we were, we'd be drinking on the weekends, a small, small town, not much else to do, no challenging, no challenges, no good challenges. And I was so bored. That was the biggest thing. So when you're bored, you create a lot of drama in your life. And I read a book one time that said, if you're so wonderful, why are you still single? And I realized that what I was doing was creating a drama in my personal life because I wasn't challenged in my work life. Does that make sense? 
Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. And when when I after a year and I, I pulled myself out of that depression, I was taking this medication and stuff. And that's when I started studying. And I started and I couldn't afford much because I was only making like twelve hundred dollars a month. But I started buying a correspondence course, a secretarial, so I could learn how to, you know, type it was at the time, not data entry, but type. And I, so I got the secretarial course. It cost me $25 a month for, a, uh, I think it was a year and a half I had to pay for that course. Then before I finished that one, I took a bookkeeping course the same way because that was the kind of stuff I like to do. I thought, you know, I want to be uh, in, in an office. I like that part of it. And uh, just took small incremental steps. Uh, I, I, I then got a job at a at a power line construction company and that was the first time in my life I'd ever really earned, earned more than minimum wage uh, and when I left there eight years later um, I was making forty three thousand dollars a year and I was I was on cloud nine but again got bored it was like you know what I, I think I'm past any challenge I can do here I'm not growing I'm feeling stagnant and while I was still there I started studying to become a financial advisor so incremental steps and uh, and 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 all coming from that really dark point of this is my life no and what's great is that you were recognizing without articulating it that you cannot create wealth and lifestyle with any linear income you mm -hmm. can only do it with income that grows exponentially that eventually becomes residual so yeah. what led you to invest in real estate well you know after i'd been a financial advisor for a number of years and you know at that time lewis i had felt you know what i was on top of the world that's consistently making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year uh coming from my background i just thought that was the best i could do that i was happy i was uh, i liked doing what i was doing uh met my husband got married um and then again i i, I kind of got bored <clears throat> and um but you know what? This is a great career, making good money. It was easy money because I'm I'm good at sales, uh, and and I just create relationships with people well, and um, we. But you know what? I was my, all our income was tied to uh, the ups and downs of the stock market because I was selling mutual funds at the time. All my investments were in mutual funds. So if the market was up, everybody was buying. If the market was down, nobody was buying. So that affected my income, and I and I didn't want that anymore. I wanted something that could offset that. So we thought, my husband and I thought, well, you know what? Uh, we, we're hearing some of my clients actually taking these real estate classes. Maybe we should check it out. So we actually took a class through the Robert Kiyosaki group. And uh, we, uh, it was, a, first of all, it was an evening thing, a free evening thing. And then we signed up for a weekend that was $1,000. And uh, while we were there, uh, there were there were people there. Uh, well, you know what? Actually, my client, one of my clients, had advised me. He says, "You know what? They're going to upsell you. They're going to try to upsell you to these classes. You don't have to do it. Uh, it's just a big money grab." And um, uh, you know what? We just went on and and we're actually uh, fixing a couple houses and we're going to flip them. And you know, we we got this all figured out. Um, but we went to the classes and while we were there, we met uh, a couple who was good friends with somebody else who'd taken these particular classes two years prior and they own 40 houses. And so when it came time for them and, and you know what, the guy was right. They upsold us. They 
taught us how to increase the limit on our credit cards so we could get uh, paid for the classes and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? I got to the end and they said, what's your goals? So we told them, you know what? We, we really think we can do this and we'd, we'd like to, you know, we, we heard this one guy at the class has 40 houses in two years. Like we, you know, we can get 10 houses in, in two years. That would be awesome. So they said, well, you know, you probably need help. And we said, yeah, we probably do. So when they told us it was $27,000, we both kind of choked. But we, we had a talk privately and we said, you know, who do we want to be like? Do we want to be like the guy who took the classes and has 40 houses in two years? Or do we want to be like my client who decided to do it on his own? They were, him and his wife were both government workers. They worked their buns off to do these uh, two fix and flips while they had young kids at home. And they got out of real estate entirely, hated it. And I said, I think I'd rather be like the first couple. And he agreed. So we signed up for the courses. And within two years, I could not sell mutual funds anymore because I understood the power of real estate. Uh, so I sold my practice and went into real estate full time. Within 18 months of starting real estate, we built up a passive income of $5,000 a month. And with selling my practice, uh, I was able to get another 5000 a month. That's how I sold it. And I thought, if I can do this for four years full time while I'm being paid out and still getting this other passive income, uh, in a, in five years, I can have my income replaced at, uh, from what I was making the 250,000 a year as a, as a mutual fund advisor. And I did. Okay, guys, backpack moment number three. <laughs> hey, I'm counting these. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That's awesome. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you why. That is huge. The biggest thing that stops people is fear and it's usually fear around money i have learned that when people say oh my god that's too expensive i can't afford that this goes back to the power of words it's not that they're consciously lying it's that their fear has created a story a belief that is so powerful that they believe that they can't afford or something. The point is, if you see the value in something, you can get any amount of money to acquire it. Then if you just move forward and don't worry about, oh my God, will I lose my shirt? Chances are, you will turn that investment into a gold mine, which is what you did. I did exactly. something similar. You said 27,000. Yeah. Um, in 2006, I was confronted with, do I do T.R. Becker's Quantum Leap program for $28,000? And at that time, I did not have any regular employment. Mm -hmm. I made an emotional choice to do it. I was scared out of my wits. It was one of the best decisions I ever made. And I have made that money back again and again and again. Yeah. Yeah. So don't ever sell yourself short with the story that says, I can't afford something. Even you know, Lewis, that is so powerful, That uh, what you just said. I just had a three-day event here in my uh, hometown. And I, I gave, right at the end of the day, I gave the uh, attendees an exercise. And it was called 50 Ways to Afford Something Right Now. And that's what I went through with them. Most people say, I can't afford it. I want you to change your language to, 
how can I afford it? And then I, I gave, the exercise was to find 50 ways how they could afford something they wanted in their life. I love it. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you another one you might be able to incorporate into it. It's a short sure. one. Um, try this right now. Say, actually say out loud the words, I need $10,000 by next week. I need $10,000 by next week. Now say, I deserve $10,000 by next week. I deserve $10,000 by next week. Which one felt better? Oh, the second one. Absolutely. Every time we say, out of fear, ah, I need more money. What you're doing is creating a sense of lack and desperation. Think of it, four little letters, N-E-E-D, messing up your psyche. Get rid of it. Start saying, I deserve. And if it makes you feel uncomfortable when you say, I deserve, good. Keep moving through it. <laughs> That's a good one. I like it. I yeah. wrote that one down. <laughs> okay. So how, now, how did you learn to use other people's money? to build a $60 million real estate portfolio? You know what? That's a really good question. And that's what I kept getting asked all along. Like we would go, we got inducted into Kiyosaki's Tigrant Learning Hall of Fame within 18 months of starting. And so we got a lot of recognition and people kept coming up to us and they would say, how the heck did you do that? And I realized that my background as a financial advisor was uh, what really got me there. So the skills were transferable. Everything I learned as a financial advisor was transferable into the real estate world because I was able to help people invest in real estate. Um, because the, the premise behind using other people's money and what a lot of people don't, don't understand, they, they say to me all the time, well, why would people give me money? You know what? They're not just giving you the money. You're providing a very valuable service. So they're investing in you. They're investing in you and what you can do for them. They're not just giving you money. So that, I call that a mindset shift that people need to have because as long as they're thinking, why would people give me money? They're never going to give them money. But if they can shift that to how can I provide this great service that people will want to give me money? That's, that's a big shift right there. And that's, that was actually how I created my courses. I had so many people ask me that, that I went, you know what? For, for first, for the first while, I thought, well, no wonder I'm doing so good. Cause you know, you got to analyze it. I, that my finance, my background is a financial advisor. Well, nobody else can do that. And I went, no, that's not true. I learned how to be a financial advisor. I can teach people how to advise people in real estate. I believe she just gave us a backpack moment number four, the mindset shift and stop mm -hmm. asking why would people or why should people give me money? That is a, an issue that many people have. It's a story around deserving. Yeah. It's a story yeah. around deserving. Mm -hmm. You know, what we had to do in one of T. Harv Eker's courses. It was enlightened warrior training camp before the camp was over. It was a five day camp at some point in the, uh, 
dining room during a meal, we had to stand up on one of the benches and yell to the entire room while they're eating, I deserve a standing ovation. And they had to get up and give it, and we had to open our arms and receive it. Do you know how hard that was for so many people to do? Oh, yeah, I can imagine. They were afraid. Oh, my, I can't interrupt people. They're eating. It's rude. Blah, 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 blah. You had to face the discomfort and own who you are. Yeah. This, oh, is powerful. this is powerful stuff. Yeah, it is. It really is. You know what I think we should do? I think I should make this particular interview. We should charge $10,000 to listen to it. <laughs> let's, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll split it. I'll share it with you. <laughs> you know what I learned, uh, Lewis, is like I charge $20,000 for people to be in my mastermind. Sure. But you know what? Those people are killing it. They are doing so well. And I've had, I've had people, uh, take my smaller course. My, it's called the 90 days to 5k, which is 5,000. And I've actually gifted that program to a couple of people. I call it sponsoring and, you know, just people that I really thought needed a break in life. But you know what I found? It was the people who had to push to get that $5,000 that really committed to the program. The ones where it was like, eh, my, uh, yeah, I had the money sitting there. It sounded interesting. Yeah, I'll sign up. The people who said, oh, I don't have any money. I can't do that. The people who said, oh, geez, would you give me a break? Like, could you do something? But it was the people who committed and went, I am going to do whatever I can to find that five grand and I'm going to do this. Those are the ones that have, have and to this day have the most success. I've sponsored people who never even showed up for the first class backpack moment number five this is really really big i'm not i'm not just saying this to be funny this is this is for real you know it's proven that we value what we pay for and you know i mean enough said if you get something for free chances are often that you will not value it as much as if you had to really commit, like Edna said, and put your money on the line. And if you start thinking of it as, hmm, $5,000 I'm going to give her, but see it as an investment and say, how many zeros can I add to that 5000 that will come back to me because I chose to invest? Mm -hmm. You know? You, and that, that's a really good point. And just to, to, uh, knock that home a little bit. You know, we spent $27,000 on our initial classes. At this point in our life, and this doesn't even include probably the last 50 doors because I haven't calculated it yet. Not all of them are, are financed so that mortgage is being paid down. But at this point in our life, or actually a year ago, over a year ago, our mortgage pay down alone is $25,000 a month. In 10 years, what that means is that my tenants are paying down my mortgages, my share only, $25,000 a month. That's like $300,000 a year. Somebody hmm. paying off debt for me. I didn't even know that was possible 10 years ago. 
Mm. Love it. Do you remember what your biggest fear was uh, when you first started investing in real estate? Oh my gosh, we were scared of everything. We were scared of tenants, uh, scared of roofs, furnaces. <laughs> we just didn't know. You know, um, uh, the first, the very first property we bought, it was funny because it, it's the, the realtor had been taking us around looking at different stuff and he brought us to these condos. Um, and he said, these ones just went up for sale. And he says, they, uh, they've always been apartment rentals, but they're selling right now. I think it was 130,000 for a two bedroom. And, uh, so let's, let's go have a look. So we pulled up and be darned if my daughter wasn't one of the renters. And I, I, I said, so are they all for sale? And he said, no, just certain ones. And I pointed to the door of my daughter's and I said, is that one for sale? And he said, yeah, it is. Or he checked his list. Yeah, it is. And um, I said, oh, my God, I'm going to take it because my daughter lives there. I know I'll have a good tenant. You know, she was brought up right. We never, either of us never missed our rent ever. Uh, and I knew, just knew I'd have a good tenant. I wouldn't have to worry about finding a tenant. That was a big one for me. And then um, within a couple of days, and Dawn knew we were going to write an offer on this. That's my daughter's name. She said to me, you know what? The people next door have been living in their apartment for 17 years, mom. And I went, okay, I'm buying that one too. So we bought those condos, still own them to this day, side by side. But our biggest fear was finding tenants at that time. Another really big fear was like just everything because we we didn't know maintenance. We didn't know how to analyze buildings. I, we, we were learning some of it through our classes, but another big one was we joint ventured we got to meet remember that couple I told you we were told about at the very first uh, event we went to mm -hmm. we met them at one of the dinners that our mentor put on and I just had a craving to be around them we ended up partnering with them on our next probably 25 deals that was a huge catalyst too because took all the fear away it was like are you sure you won't buy that house? Doesn't look very good. He goes, Edna, you don't need to live there. This is for tenant tenants. And that, you know, those were aha moments for me. And I went, well, okay, I trust you. And we bought based on that trust and getting to know them. Uh, we bought our first apartment building because we, they were property managers. We didn't ever want to get into that game. And we phoned them up and said, you know what? We've got an apartment under contract. Do you want to partner with us? And, uh, so, Th those are those were two big things. Um, learning that tenants aren't as scary as we thought. Although still to this day, I don't like dealing with tenants. I love dealing with investors, so I've hired out property management from day one. But also joint venturing with uh, people who had done already what we were trying to do. That's a wonderful story. I love that about finding out your daughter was living there. But for me, one of the most valuable lessons in what you just shared is that. We are always, we're just hardwired to be afraid of anything that's unknown. And yeah. unless you're willing to step into that fear, nothing's going to change. And you'll just either be stuck forever and dreaming about a good life, or you step into the fear and create that good life. And you've yeah. been stepping into the fear all your life, and that's just quite wonderful. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you buy real estate with investor capital? and enrich both you and your investors at the same time? Well, our our goal when we bring on a new investor is we want to get them paid out as quickly as possible because 
we don't take any money out of the deal except you know maybe a small acquisition free up front just to kind of keep the lights on and stuff uh, but our goal is to have our investor paid out within five years and we have done that in as little as 18 months uh, we're working on a deal right now that it should be six months but our, our and then they keep their ownership in the building so our goal is to get them paid out as quickly as possible because we don't share in the cash flow until they're paid back a hundred percent so that that's what we do we we do the we find the deals we analyze the deals we we uh, do all the financing of the deals and and then that's how we look after investors we get them their money back as quickly as possible and they maintain ownership in the deal so even after they get their money back they keep their share their ownership share and so that's what's helped us there is people consistently roll their money over with us again and again hmm would you say that's your formula to help people create a five-year financial freedom plan yeah yeah okay okay now i think i know the answer but i'm going to ask it are you a student of personal development all the time I personally have had a coach uh, in my corner since 1999. I've never been without one. I still have one. And sometimes I have two. Uh, right now I have one. Um, and I'm a big believer in that because they have helped me so much in, well, personal development for one, but uh, learning shortcuts to success. Like one of the programs I'm involved right now is all about scaling your business because I've got to the point where uh, you know, I'm a bottleneck because I do too much of the stuff myself. I talk to all the investors. Uh, I was doing my own bookkeeping up until about a year ago. You know, different stuff like that. So the whole scaling my business to uh, seven figures really is what I'm working on now. Uh, uh, income, net income per year um, is is all based on scale. And that is surrounding yourself with even a bigger and better team. Um I couldn't do that all by myself. I have to learn from people who've done it before me. And that's, to me, that's a huge shortcut. Yeah, I totally agree. Who are the, uh, the thought leaders who have inspired you the most? Oh, oh, over the years, there's been so many. My very first uh, coach was Dan Sullivan from uh, uh, The Strategic Coach, he was called. And he catered a lot to financial advisors. That's how I ended up in his group. And I, I've had many since. Uh, you talked about T. Harv Ecker. I did a very similar program to what, what you did with T. T. Harv Ecker, because I know clients that have went through it uh, with Marshall Silver shortly after we uh, signed up for the Kiyosaki program. That cost us a hundred grand for the year. Uh, but you know, again, best money we ever spent because we, we networked, we found some really good connections. And, uh, and it was a huge personal growth, like going through all those uh, challenges that you go through, like walking over a rope over a canyon and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was able to do all that stuff. And there were people in our group that couldn't, they were overweight, had bad knees, uh, different things like that. And, or mentally, they couldn't, uh, you know, jump off of something and trust that somebody would catch them. Different. You, you've been through it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Um, we we went through all of that, and and all every single one of them uh, uh, changed my life. And every single one that I sign up with now, they have to have accomplished. For me to work with a coach, they have to have accomplished 
what I'm looking for. I'm not just looking for a cheerleader, which I think a lot of coaches are. You can do this. You're amazing. You're awesome. Uh, I'm going to hold you accountable. You get that done by next week. You know what? I don't need that. I'm very accountable. I'm goal driven. I'm money driven. Uh, but you can teach me by showing me how you did, how you did what you uh, you know, I, uh, my, my mentors right now are seven figure in, in, income earners. You know, being, um, passionate about storytelling and especially, uh, filmic storytelling, one of the principles that I really emphasize is show, don't tell. That's exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Now, this is going to blow your mind. Before I asked you about the personal development, I was going to say to you, Edna, are you familiar with Dan Sullivan's strategic coach? <laughs> Isn't that something? <laughs> because I, I believe the man is a true genius. He is. Absolutely. I mean, the stuff that comes out of his mouth and I go, oh, my God. Uh, I've heard a lot of brilliant things, but he just said something so simply that is a game changer. And if you listen to him on Genius Network or 10X Talks, that is a multi-million dollar education. And it's free. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. man, this is great. So what can a person do if they're terrified to begin investing in real estate? What's the first step? You know what? Get a mentor. They can take all that fear away. You know, our most successful students have went through the 90 day to 5k program and then upgraded to the mastermind. We actually partner with our students uh, to buy buildings. And I, I tell my students, you know what, you may not own 100% of a building. I'd personally rather own four buildings, 25% than 100% of one. It reduces your risk. You've got different partners. Uh, so even when investors come with me, I'd rather, you know, say they got a million dollar portfolio, they'd want to deploy into real estate. I put them in four different buildings or even six, um, not one. They could buy one with cash if they wanted to, but I tell them, no, we got some power of leverage, different stuff like that. So a mentor is, is huge and one who has done what you want to do. Uh, and, and if you can find a, a mentor that will partner with you, and I won't partner with just anybody either. I really get to know my students going through my program. They've got homework assignments they have to send in to me every week. Uh, we've got live calls together. I've got a Facebook group where people are always connecting and helping each other out. And I look for certain aspects of people I want in my mastermind. And it's people I would want to hang out with want to sit with on the beach and have a drink and who I'd want to be business partners with. That's what I'm looking for. Mm. That's, a, by the way, you just also hit on another very valuable lesson. The, a lot of people struggle because they never will define exactly what they want. And so when they're talking to others, they're allowing other people to determine what they should want. And that is not a good way to go. Yeah. You know, so that's that's really, really powerful. So I'll ask this anyway, because you have been answering it. But I would assume it's safe to say that you believe that mindset is more important than knowledge and skill at first. Absolutely. I tell my students all the time and I and I actually teach on mindset and train people on mindset. Ninety percent of your success is mindset, the belief that you can do it. And I can help you get to that belief. 
you, but it has to be believable. Yeah, I know. And, and the tough thing, I think, for a lot of people is they feel, well, I'll believe it when I see it. And you have to turn around and say, no, you'll see it when you believe it. Exactly. And it's that's, so true. It's a big shift, you know. Yeah. But a very important one. So why should a person attend your online free real estate coaching Fridays and Mindset Mondays? Well, you know, um, that's a great way to get to know if I might be a fit for your life. Uh, I've been able to, you know, people who, who aren't ready yet to commit to a payment plan, uh, I've been able to help a lot of people. I get all kinds of comments back from people that say, wow, uh, even this week, this week, we, I just had my live event and, and one of the guys that's actually in my 90 day to 5k program, he's really good at showing up for the Mindset Monday. And he said, you know what? One thing that really hit me the, the just recently that you said on one of your Mindset Mondays was action proceeds motivation. He says, I've been waiting my whole life to get motivated. And now I realize that putting action in place, it's what's going to get me motivated. And it, it's true. You, you don't always get, you're not always w waking up motivated. You got to do that action. And when you see the success, if it's a minor success, then you're motivated to do more. Hey, that worked. That worked what they just told us. Uh, I'm going to do more. And then the more success you have and build on it, then you're motivated. Oh my gosh, I got this. I can do this. Let's, let's go after it. Edna, I don't know. You probably don't know this, but you just expressed a very powerful lesson for professional actors. You know that? Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah. There are great acting teachers who have emphasized and said, guys, stop trying to play emotions. You have to make a decision about what your intention in a scene is and then you take actions. You just perform those actions to achieve your goal and the emotions will come up naturally. Interesting. Isn't okay. that, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Very, very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. And do you do these, um, uh, the, the Friday and Monday sessions on Facebook? Yes, yeah, they're Facebook Lives. Uh, I sign in at uh, 10 a.m. Uh, Central Standard Time, and our time never, ever changes where, where I live, so it's easy for me to remember. Every Monday, every Friday, and if I'm ever away on vacation or, or something, I actually get one of my students to fill in for me, which is uh, very empowering for them, and they love connecting with the other students and, and followers as well. That's beautiful, and we'll get you mm -hmm. to repeat that in your contact info after. Sure. Uh, what What is your favorite book? You know, my favorite book uh, for years was Think and Grow Rich. But lately, I've been recommending a book called, it's Robert Kiyosaki's book. I'm a big fan. And he wrote a book called, Why Do, C, Why do A Students Work for C Students and B Students Work for the Government? And I love that book because I was a C student. And, and I never excelled in school. That wasn't my forte. Um, and I'm excelling now. And, uh, you know, I, I am a C student who employs a lot of A students. You're going to love this one. That book is on my bookshelf. Is and it? The, yeah. And the reason I have it is that I attended the free Kiyosaki real estate session. And because I volunteered information quickly, I won that as a reward. 
Oh, good for you. So were you a C student? Uh, no, actually I wasn't. I was, um, no. I was an A student, but, okay. but I was an A student who was also a rebel. I mean, that's another, that's a whole other story. Uh -huh, it's, my, yeah, uh -huh. it's quite funny. <laughs> my, my, my teachers in high school were pulling their hair out because I hung out with two other guys who were quite smart, but we were real trouble. And they said, God, you guys are a terrible influence on the other students. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this funny. is not about me. This is about you. I love that. So what, a, what about a favorite quote? A quote that I've always loved is by Jim Rohn, and it's, your income will seldom exceed your personal development. Mm-hmm. I love Jim Rome, by the way. He's one of my oh. one one of one of my heroes. Yeah, I love everything. I think I bought everything he ever uh, distributed. <laughs> and where do you see yourself in five years? You know, that's that's a really interesting question too, because you know my youngest girls are sixteen and fourteen. So in five years, my youngest will be nineteen, meaning she'll be out of high school. So uh, we, we've been quite um, limited in our traveling the last few years. When they were long, yeah, really young, we could take them wherever we were going. But in high school, they really frown on that. Um, so I see actually a really big life change. We will do a lot more traveling. Uh, I, I love being on stage. I love sharing my knowledge with other people. Uh, my programs will will grow more. Um, I, I my my big goal in life right now is I've got about eight students that want to take my program across Canada and U.S. And uh, so I'm I'm training them to do that because I can't reach everybody myself. And so so that I would have more time to really be able to focus on stuff like that. I, I really want to make an impact. Uh, I want that to be my legacy uh, that I I help change a lot of people's lives. Once again, you answered with such clarity because you honestly have done the work to figure out what you really want. Thank you for yeah. that. You're so, welcome. Now, if you could wave a magic wand and change just one thing in the world, only one, what would that be? Hmm. Jeez, I, yeah, let me think. That is a, that's deep. That's really big. You know what? Um, financial freedom for people and 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 Robert Kiyosaki has a game called uh, uh, cash flow and in that game you learn how to create uh, more passive income than your life than your expenses and it always thrilled me that the janitor would get out of the rat race before the doctor or lawyer because it's a lifestyle you've built so I'd like to teach people to build that cash flow to cover their day-to-day -day expenses so they quit having to worry about money and they can start thinking about what their ultimate contribution to the world is meant to be. Because I see people, and I was there, uh, when when you're always worrying about the next paycheck and the next big bill that's going to come along, you can't really worry about what you can really contribute to the world. And I think the world would be a better place if people didn't have to worry about money. Oh, <laughs> you, yeah, you, you just spoke my, one of my deepest, uh, beliefs. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And by the way, I have that game and it's a great game. It's a, uh, everyone should invest in the game. It's not just the game. It's a major education in, 
and a mindset shift on how you look at money. It's powerful. It is. It's fun too. It's a lot of yeah, fun. It is fun. We we still well we haven't played it for quite a while actually, but uh, we even played it with our kids. You know, like and they wouldn't play the kid one, we which we did buy. They mm -hmm. like to play the adult one. Absolutely. Now, how can people contact you, Edna? Um, everything in my world is ednakeep.com. So my website is ednakeep.com. My email address is edna at ednakeep.com. And if they want more free training besides the um, Facebook Lives, I have a three-video series, series, which is training.ednakeep.com. Okay, now, for everyone, that is E-D-N-A-K-E-E. EP ednakeep.com so if you want some additional training it's training is it training at ednakeep or, or no just training.ednakeep.com great training.ednakeep.com and for the facebook lives where do they look uh they would go facebook slash coach edna keep okay facebook slash coach Edna Keep. Yeah. Any final thoughts? You know what, Louis? I love what you're doing. This is this has been such an inter interesting chat to have with you. I feel like we're friends. Like we've got so many things in common. I I love what you're doing for your listeners. It's so powerful if you can get people to change their story. It it that is so huge. Um, you know, for years I was the single mom who lived on minimum wage and, and that was actually when I started becoming successful, that was my story. And you know what? For years I, I, I barely talk about that. It's just barely there. Uh, I, I have to dig deep to even remember to share that story. And you know, usually they'll come out in an interview like this, but that was my story for years. I'm a single mom, earn minimum wage, C student. Yeah, nothing great about me. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for not only everything you contributed to my listeners, but thank you for the compliment. And as I learned from Warrior Camp, when we're paid a compliment, we should respond with, thank you, I received that. And I absolutely do. And um, I know there was one other thing here I wanted to mention to you. Sure. It's kind of... All I got to do is remember it. <laughs> um, well, you got a lot on the go. So uh, I, I bet you get to hear some really interesting stories on your show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I recently interviewed a man who's a, a life coach mm -hmm. who, who uh, served 10 years for murder. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. 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 You, you can find it. It's on, it's called Murder Story. It's on my, on my site. And it's certainly a very inspiring story. He's a beautiful, beautiful soul, a very authentic human being, as are you. You have a lot to give to the world. And uh, I know you're going to accomplish it all. And Thank you. Uh, what I love most is that your enthusiasm cannot be faked and it's contagious. So as I'm talking, I'm saying to myself, you know what, I'm doing this and I'm having so much fun. And it's something that I do like, you know, as an endeavor in the world, but this is play. Oh, so, yeah. So yeah. Thank, 
Yeah, so thanks for allowing me to play. You're welcome. It was fun playing with you because uh, I feel the same way. I, I love sharing this stuff. It just comes so naturally uh, and, and it is fun. And that's what I, I like to uh, tell people too. You know what? Eventually, if you get to this point in your life where 90% of what you do for work is fun, wow, that to me, that's success. That's success, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that should definitely be the target. Yeah. And uh, Edna, I know that our conversations will continue. We absolutely, I want to stay in touch with you. And you know, I was on your site and I seen a whole pile of stories that I want to listen to. So I'm a big podcast fan. Uh, I listen to them all the time. Uh, anytime I'm doing work at home, I've got one in my ears. And you've got a whole list that I want to look at. Thank you. Thank you. You're most welcome. Thanks for having me on. Thank you once again, storytellers, for spending time today with me and Edna Keep. I can't imagine that you're not inspired after listening to Edna. Pay this forward. Let people know that they can hear this show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, and at the website changeyourstorypodcast.com. And at that website, Download the free gift that I've created for you, the ebook Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. By all means, don't forget to take advantage of the opportunity to step into your leadership by reading more. Go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power and download any audiobook of your choice from 180,000 titles and keep it and enjoy it absolutely free. As well, get one month free trial of all that Audible has to offer. In this episode, I spoke about many what I call backpack moments. Those moments when if you left the show, you still would have gotten enormous value. I would love to hear from you about what your particular backpack moments were. Send your responses to loseclub at gmail.com, L-O-U-S-C-L-U-B at gmail.com. The backpack moment that I am going to emphasize that you think about during the following week is the whole issue about money and the language or the story in our heads that says, I can't afford that. Remember that Edna was faced with a choice to enroll in a real estate course that was $27,000 or join some people who had played it safe and had quote-unquote's figured it out on their own. She chose to invest $27,000. It's a scary moment. I chose to invest $28,000 in Enlightened Warrior Training Camp plus all of T. Harv Eker's Quantum Leap program at a time when I didn't know where my next income was going to be coming from. Yes, it was 
a moment when my stomach got really tight with fear. The important thing here is that both for Edna and for me, the choices that we made enriched us enormously, and the money that we invested multiplied exponentially. Think about that because it's never about the money. It's never about really being able to afford something. It's always about going beyond your comfort zone, jumping into the unknown, and choosing something that you desire. Challenging fear. To help you do that, ask this question, how can I change my story and change my life? Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.